You're listening to The Breeding Mound by Mitchell Luty, performed by Scott Miller and Anna Capraro, produced by Citadel Studios for Sentinel Creatives. Night was drawing in, bringing with it an icy breeze that nipped at exposed flesh. It rustled through the pines, leaving shaking branches in its wake, a gentle reminder of the winter still to come. It had rained that morning, and the smell of earth and moss and pine needles still clung to the air, and beneath them the faint smell of forest rot. Jens threatened a smile as he inhaled the natural odour of the woods, his eyes dancing across the boughs of ancient, still-wet firs and pines. Their roots rested deep in the earth, like the people that lived here, and their green tips rose high, clasping at the amber sky like outstretched hands, never quite able to reach the heavens. There was something to be said for that, and the people that lived here too, Jens thought. But there, a piece that didn't fit. Wolf? said Diedrich, limping up beside him. No, said Jens, crouching down on his haunches to inspect the entrails. Not in these parts. Not anymore. A thin line of gristle ran lengthways beside the path, ending in a small clump of matted fur and exposed bone. From the look of the remains, the carcass had been gnawed on for some time before being discarded. A tattered ear, half-chewed, identified it as a hare. Then what? Fox? said Jens, leaning against his flintlock as he drew himself back to his feet. Martin? Badger? Some scavenger that finds its home in these woods? Whatever it was, it's got a full belly now. It's hunted the woods bare, said Diedrich, letting his weight rest against his own flintlock and rolling a cigarette. There hasn't been any game since we crossed into Wiesenberg. Just this... Dead thing. Jens turned to consider his brother, wondering if he should share his doubts and then deciding that he should. I don't think we're in Wiesenberg. We should have made it home by now. Diedrich placed the rolly in his mouth and then patted at his pockets for a match. His blue fatigues had faded into a dull grey and his poorly mended trousers were starting to fray above the right knee where Shrapnel had turned his once jaunty gait into a staggered shuffle. Here, said Jens, handing him his own box. So, we're lost, said Diedrich, dragging on the cigarette and then flicking the match out. Pa will have something to say about two Funen boys who couldn't find their way back after the war. He'll say, unless we're dead... We've no excuses, so we'd better be dead or find some good excuses. Jens winced at that. There would be no laughter to greet them when they returned home. Perhaps at first, 
at the sight of Jens and Diedrich. But then his mother's eyes would search for Eric, and his father would go quiet like he always did. Diedrich saw his look and sighed, exhaling a plume of silvery white smoke and following its path into the canopy with his eyes. <sighs> they will have heard by now. Received his pension and his letters. Or else one of the Steinman brothers will have let the news slip. They left before we did. That didn't make it any better. The dread he felt at the thought of facing his parents had formed a knot in the pit of his stomach, tightening with each step they took closer to home. They would stare at him without blame, but the questions would come regardless. How could he have let this happen? How could Eric be dead? There was nothing he could have done. Eric's face flashed before him, disappearing as he clambered over the wall of the trench. Smiling. Always smiling. A thunderstorm of cannon and muskets, the earth shaking with each pounding beat of the drum. And then Eric's mangled body in the mud, punctured by Prussian lead, his crooked grin hidden by blood. No more smiling. We still have some light, said Jens, shouldering his flintlock as he tried to push the memory away. He stepped onto the path, not waiting for Diedrich to catch up. After a brief pause, his brother limped after him. They followed the sloping path across a small river and past a shallow ravine. The last of the day's golden glow had just begun to fade when Jens brought them to a halt near the edge of the forest where the trees had thinned. I don't recognize this place either, said Jens, squinting at the outlines of a village that occupied the center of the small glen ahead of them. The river ran through it, spine straight, like a sliver of light between grey silhouettes. The forest grew around the town like a great boundary wall, its densely packed confines keeping the world inside from prying eyes, while its towering peaks sent menacing shadows across the field and toward the buildings. A plume of cloud-white smoke curled up from the chimney of the nearest house, and Jens felt his stomach rumble. No, said Diedrich, already walking out from the forest, his thoughts a step ahead of Jens's. But I am hungry, and they will have beds for a pair of tired old soldiers. Come on, they can show us the way back home in the morning. Jens returned the friendly waves of the few folk working on the outskirts of the village, toiling in the fields and gathering fruit from the orchard that grew along the river. Diedrich scowled back at them, stomping a cigarette out on the path before a nudge from his brother yielded a more friendly-looking scowl. Do you want them to send us on our way like a pair of beggars? Jens said, keeping his voice low as they passed a big mester and his cart on the road. Look at them spat Diedrich. As fat and happy as pigs in a pen. Where were all these young folk when we were getting shut out of the else? Jens frowned deep into his coat, his eyes darting at the figures in the field around them. His brother was right. Everyone they'd seen had been around their age or near enough. This close to Sonderborg, why hadn't they enlisted to defend Denmark's borders? Just keep it to yourself. They'll have their reasons, as do we. Diedrich stabbed him in the chest with a tobacco-stained finger, 
his voice low to match Jens's. This was everybody's war, Jens. I know, he replied, trying to keep his tone even. But pick your arguments. Now is not the time. Unless you want to spend the night in the open again? Diedrich snorted, showing his yellow-stained teeth like a snarling pine marten. But Jens's words made sense, and after a moment he lowered his hackles with a begrudging nod. The village dwellings were uniform in shape and size, single-story structures with whitewashed walls and Victorian-styled roofs. Only the chimneys appeared to be fashioned from brick and stone, poking out from the roofs like rabbit bones. The village chapel towered over the surrounding dwellings, standing over them like a vulture guarding its brood. A small crowd was gathering by the town well, and Jens met their warm smiles with one of his own, nudging his brother to do the same. There were a few grey heads and wizened faces amongst the gathered group, though the number of unwrinkled faces far outnumbered the wrinkled. As did, Jens noted curiously, the number of men to women. Hello, said Jens to no one in particular. We're from the war. He ignored his brother's barely stifled cackle and looked hopefully at the crowd until a short squat man emerged from their fold and extended a hand. Pierre und Hansen, he said his yellow eyes blinking as a smile appeared on his round face. Jens Overson, said Jens, taking the proffered hand in his own. Bjorn's grip was moist, and he suppressed the urge to wipe his hand when it was released. And this is my brother, Diedrich. We are on our way home to Wiesenbjerg. Wiesenbjerg? Bjorn looked confused for a moment, and then his wet eyes lit up again, and he nodded enthusiastically. Oh, I... Haven't been along the coast in a time. But tell me, what news from the front? Jens crooked his head, like a crane staring down its beak at Bjorn's toad-like face. It's over. We lost. Hadn't you heard? They've taken Schleswig-Holstein and Lauenburg too. Cut Denmark in half. Bjorn seemed to nod to himself, considering Jens's words. And then he shrugged. News travels slow to Fjordeberg. We sometimes joke that the world has forgotten us here, and we it. Fjordeberg, Jens thought, trying to place the village on the map. Yes, he recognized the name, somewhere north of Glamsbjerg, but still within the Assens municipality. They were about a half-day's walk from home. But don't think we are blind to your sacrifice? We will not forget that so easily, Burund was saying, waving one of his chubby, wet hands at Diedrich's leg. We have bed and board for you both. I can offer you, veterans, a night beneath one of our roofs, a full belly and a mind dulled by lager, if you will have it. How about it? Jens turned to his brother, but the smile slipped from his face when he saw Diedrich's expression. His lips had curled into a snarl that was all too familiar, and his eyes were fixed on a face in the crowd. Axel Bowden, Diedrich hissed, his voice coming out like a saltwater spray, spittle coating his lower lip. Jens followed his gaze, staring into the crowd. For a moment he didn't recognise him. His hair was longer, his face gaunt, 
the tufts of beard not quite managing to conceal his weak jaw. But there he was, Axel Bodin, deserter, traitor, coward. You've been listening to The Breeding Mound by Mitchell Lutie. Performed by Scott Miller and Annika Prado. Production copyright for Sentinel Creatives.